Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 44, the Star Wars The Last Jedi review. Well hello there ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East and West and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host the Hypersonic 55 and I'm glad you decided to join me once again for some film related discussion. And good gravy, here we have the review I've been wanting to do for months, I've been waiting for this for ages. It's December, it's already out, Star Wars The Last Jedi, I mean good gravy the wait has been insane, the hype has been crazy. And the response has been interesting. And to add to that interesting mix of opinions, you have me, your friend, the Hypersonic 55, but I'm not alone. I have a guest, a returning guest. This is another third for the podcast. We have our first returning guest. And if you have listened to our summer recap episode from, you know, the late side of summer, you know who it is. If you'd just like to introduce yourself, good sir. Hey there, uh, this is Drew from Drew's Movie Reviews. And how have you been, sir? Uh, doing alright, trying to make it through the cold, but, you know, I'm getting there. Making it through. So, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do is change the structure up just by a tiny bit. So, what I'm going to do is uh, talk about the characters and presentation, you know, in terms of the visual and audio side of things. And then, when we get into the story department... That will be when we sort of, uh, you know, cover the more spoiler-based territory. So what we'll do is, you know, we'll have a clear audio-based, like, you know, is it thing to let you know that we're jumping into spoilers because there is a lot to cover. So uh, story and presentation will be, like, the overall stuff we talk about in the spoiler-free section. Then when we transition into the spoiler-based area, we'll get into that story and some of those other specific characters. Cool. All right, so... Uh, before we get into like you know was it uh, our thoughts on the film, uh, Drew? Let me know what was your uh, thoughts and I guess anticipation going into the Last Jedi. Uh, I definitely you know it's a Star Wars, so I'm I'm gonna be very excited for it. It's one of you know it's one of my favorite franchises. Um, I, I think after watching uh, the Force Awakens, my expectation dropped a little bit just because I didn't love it the way everybody else did. Uh, but you know, I was still yeah. excited, you know. I still can't wait for it. I, I love coming to this war- this galaxy, <laughs> this this universe has been. This, uh, so I like playing, being with these characters. So of course I'm gonna be excited to go see it. Oh yeah, I I can definitely agree. I mean, like uh, for me, I think was it when I watched The Force Awakens, the one thing I had hoped for it was that it would just be good, um, because there was you know, Star Wars had been in like you know a sort of I guess questionable place um, in the 10 years since the prequel trilogy ended and as much as there were people that were excited to see a new Star Wars film at the same time there were a lot of people not overly keen on you know the direction that the uh, film was going on from the trailers and the involvement of J.J. Abrams and 
I found the uh, was it the Force Awakens to be quite good. I mean, I know it rehashed a good few elements of the you know original trilogy, and uh, upon repeat viewings, it's actually gotten like I guess less compelling. But there's certainly stuff I really liked about the film, especially when it came to the new characters. I thought they were all interesting new leads that could carry on in this new trilogy of films. And um, I thought there was just a lot of interesting directions that they could go to. So when Ryan Johnson was announced as the director and there was all these new details we learned about the film, I was like, I'm, I'm interested. I'm definitely, you know, psyched to see what happens with this film. And yeah, <laughs> I was I was jazzed. Yeah. Yeah, like I definitely like that their fact, the the fact that they um, are, used a different director. Um, so that's why I'm kind of slightly disappointed that uh, J.J. Abrams was coming back for episode nine. But that's a whole other thing that we don't need to talk about right now. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, but that they were, you know, that each that each one was going to have a different director. So they each kind of put their own unique stamp on each movie of the trilogy. Yeah. Um, so so the fact that it was. Rain Johnson as opposed to J.J. Abrams this time around. I, I was I was looking forward to that. Definitely. All right, so um, the film is out. You've seen it. I've seen it. I think you've seen it twice. Um, yes. I was hopefully getting a, I was hopefully going to see it twice, but I'm still you know going off my first viewing. Um, but mm-hmm. I can tell you, you, ladies and gentlemen, right now that this is one of those sort of films that I feel like you need to see at least twice minimum to be able to like you know was it? Uh, I think fully take in what the film is throwing at you because there are some there are things that I think like you know is it that you'll be mulling over for hours I think after the film is over and it I don't think you you're doing yourself justice by seeing the film just once unless you're like you know that dissatisfied with the film that you're just like oh yeah no never again um but yeah what we're gonna do is uh talk about the characters first so uh I'll let you jump in first, Drew, and then I'll just sort of bounce off of you if that's cool. Okay. Uh, I think one of my favorite characters from this movie was actually Poe, Poe Dameron. Yeah. I really liked the art, the arc that they gave him, because uh, in you know in the Force Awakens and at the beginning of this film, he's really like this hot shot pilot who's just kind of thinks mostly of just you know like getting things done, and the best way to do it is hop in a fighter and go and blow stuff up. Yeah. Uh, but you know, as the movie progresses, we kind of see him change over that, kind of realize that that might not always be the best way to do things, and that maybe try to listen to like the leadership a little bit more, because you know, even though they might not say it, they have a plan uh, most of the time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, like, uh, I I like Poe from the original film. Um, he definitely had, I guess, the least amount of screen time out of the three new leading characters, but that was only because. Um, you know, if you know the sort of, I guess, um, earlier drafts of the film, like uh, he was actually meant to die when he crash landed on Jakku with uh, Finn, but mm-hmm. th- yeah. they obviously, like, you know, brought him yeah. back for the later portions of the film. Um, so it was nice to have him, like, you know, at the forefront of the story this time around, and I guess get to see more of his uh, personality and how he, you know, uh, what's the one I'm looking for, approaches certain situations, and um, right. yeah, sorry. No, I was gonna say I think that's why kind of why they did like I I don't know if this is exactly why, but I feel like maybe that's a little why like Rain Johnson gave him a little more screen time this yeah. time because he kind of got shafted uh, in the last one, so so he wanted to make him a little more front and center so we can learn more about him. Oh yeah, definitely. And he like you said, he had a really um, solid arc in this film, and it was just interesting to see how um, 
how he challenged like you know was his uh superiors and um mm-hmm. it was just great and like, oscar isaac he's a really great actor so just to see him you know was it uh be at the forefront of the uh, action and have these uh, moments of shine was great. Yeah, for sure. So who else did you like? Uh, for me, one of my favorite characters was actually uh, Mark Hamill's Luke. Um, mm-hmm. Because for me, like Luke Skywalker is like one of my favorite characters, not only in Star Wars, but just in film in general. He just has this really cool arc, you know, in the original trilogy from where he started to where he ended up. Uh, I... I love the character and I've always been curious to see what would happen to Luke, you know, post, you know, Return of the Jedi. And in this film, he is a far cry from the person that you saw at the end of episode six. He's, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? He's so broken. Yeah, that's the word. Um, He is a very grumpy old man who is, uh, you know, just shut himself out from the world. He he feels defeated and he has a lot of emotional baggage from like you know was it the stuff that he did when he tried to train a new set of Jedi and now everything sort of you know basically went tits up especially with uh, Kylo Ren in the mix so when Rey comes to him and you know tries to get him to you know come out of his come out of hiding and help the resistance it's just a case of like no and at first when you see the trailer you're just like Luke Skywalker would it be like that but when you see him in the film you get you get you understand why he's in the position that he is and Hamill like uh he acted really well in the film and I I've always liked him as an actor but obviously as um you know compared to like say Harrison Ford and some of the other people associated with Star Wars he's only mainly known for like you know was it Luke Skywalker in uh the Joker so um, no one's ever got to see like you know that much of his acting chops in action but to see him like you know come back into this role and give us something that feels familiar but completely different at the same time and have the emotional dramatic weight that he was able to bring to the character was you know really cool and compelling uh, Hamill's just great and he's very captivating and he had like some really good one-liners and you know just some scene stealing moments I, I was bloody captivated <laughs> Yeah, I definitely like what he brought uh, this time around. I, I definitely think that he he still has it as Luke. Like he definitely has that uh, that feel about him. Like even thirty years later, he he he, he still got it. Um, there was a few issues that I had with with that, but that's this is definitely more of like one of those spoiler things that we'll talk about later. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I mean, overall, I liked it. I definitely, I, I think. I liked his arc a little better on my second viewing than on my first viewing, which I was able to think about a little bit more. Okay, uh, yeah. But, but as I said, I'll, I'll go into that a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, let's talk about Ray. Uh, how about you go first on that one? Okay. Uh, like I think I've said everything that I had to about in in my Force Awakens um, uh, re- review for like she's definitely probably hands down my favorite new character that they've introduced yeah um like you know like she's strong she's determined uh she's strong-willed i don't know she's a very good new character and to see her kind of like like we were just talking with luke about how he was just uh, this broken uh, old jedi master at this point to see ray kind of come up and just you know butt heads with him and not back down just really says a lot for her character and just how how strong and determined that she really can be, 
and I think that's great to see that. And Daisy really did a fantastic job showing, all, all, you know, the, all these different kind of emotional moments, like just between her, between her and Luke, between her and Kylo. Like she just did a great job with everything. Yeah, I am definitely inclined to agree because, like, when I saw The Force Awakens, I thought Rey was a good character. I really liked her, and, you know, for Daisy Ridley, like, you know, an actor, actress, or, you know, however you want to phrase it, um, because I know there's some people that, like, get really fussy about, like, the term of actor or actress. Um, But, yeah, just as a first-time gig for her, like, that was a really good performance. But Yeah, yeah, she was amazing for being, like... Like, she's had a couple, like, smaller credits before that, but so, so... like that was her, like our first big break and to have yeah. her do as well as she, as she did is just uh, astonishing yeah and like um in this film even even subtly you can see that she's you know was it refined the performance and gotten like you know was it better like some of the uh, you know more dramatic moments in the film or like you know i guess some of the more action centric moments it's just that you see that she's now sort of you know um uh, gotten used to being in the role and it's has it been able to take it into you know uh, more more dramatic and emotional places than she was in the first film and uh, Ray just has this really interesting journey with some cool revelations and her interaction with certain characters uh, you know some of it's funny some of it's you know was uh, pretty emotionally captivating and you know Ridley's great in this role and I was it by the end of the film like I was just like yeah Ray um, if I didn't like you before I love you now so yeah she's <laughs> she's a great character I really like her so one of the new characters in this movie was Rose. Uh, yeah. Uh, played by Kelly Marie Tran, and she she is probably like uh, up there with those three as like my new favorite characters from the new trilogy. Oh yeah. Like especially like with her introduction when she was talking with uh, Finn about deserters like from the like from the. <laughs> resistance and like that whole scene was just like a fantastic way to kind of introduce this character who's like just kind of shows like how committed she is to to this um movement and and just kind of show show like she's fun like she's a fun character oh yeah definitely i'm from the from the time she's introduced i'm just like i'm in love already she just has (laughs) that sort of um that bubbly uh, fun energy that you just want to yes. be around her and um, she just leaves a very good first impression and from there like you know she goes on to have like you know a really uh, interesting arc with Finn over the course of the film and it's interesting yeah. also learning how like um, how she fits into this in terms of like uh, why she's you know part of the resistance and you know some of the people that she's attached to um which is more spoiler-based territory, like, you know, minor but notable spoilers, but I thought she was a great new addition to this film series, and I can't wait to see what she does in the next film. Yeah, me too. Like, I want to see more of her and Finn, because cause I'm not I'm not sure if it was, what, what it was written, but Kelly and uh, John Boyega really seem to really have good on-screen chemistry. I really like the two of them together. Heck so yeah. If we, can get, if we can get more of that in episode 9, I'd be happy. Yeah, man, definitely. Um... And since you mentioned Finn, like uh, let's let's touch upon that guy a little bit. Uh, for me, like uh, Finn was uh, my favorite. I think yeah, he was my favorite character from the Force Awakens. Um, he just had this wonderful uh, charisma and energy, and um, 
with his character, you know, from The Force Awakens being, like, you know, part of, you know, the First Order and then deciding to desert them and then, like, you know, switch sides, I thought that was an interesting story arc for him. And, you know, just learning about, like, you know, how he was, you know, just stolen away from his family, dropped into, you know, was it the First Order and trained as a stormtrooper. It was just an interesting arc for him. And I know that a lot of people thought that he got, you know, shafted in the last film just because, you know, on a lot of the promotional, you know, material, who's shown with the lightsaber. So everyone thought he was going to be the Jedi when it ended up being Rey. So uh, they were hoping that this film would give him, like, I guess, a better story. And depending on who you talk to, some people like it and some people don't like what they've done with his story. Um, I, for one, think that the story was fine, but I think the character was still really good. Uh, I think it's mainly due to John Boyega's, like, you know, was it a charisma charm and, like, you know, was it commitment to the role. Finn is a very, like, you know, was it a cool like, and... He's a likable character. Yeah, yeah. So whenever he's, you know, up to something, you know, uh, you know doing good things, bad things or whatever, you're, uh, you know, you're invested in the character because he's he's a charming young man and... Uh, I like what they did with him in this film. He had some really good, like, you know, dramatic moments, but also some really funny moments as well, and, uh, I like the guy. He's just, he's just fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you 100% on him. I really like what they did with him. Uh, like, there, I guess there's something to be said about his part of the story. I mean, there's something we can't really go into right now. Uh, but overall, I'm with you. Like, he's, he's fun. He's, he's good. John just does a, again, a fun job with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think of Kylo Ren? He's still whiny. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, I don't, I don't know. I think this. I think when it, it was being written, I think they gave him, like they thought they were gonna hit, giving him a little more story arc than they actually did. I, I don't feel like he changed as much as I would have liked to have seen. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's still like an intimidating character. He's still. Is this menacing figure that clearly needs to be feared, um, and he, you know he's strong, he's powerful in the Force, um, but just as a, as the story arc, I think he or a character arc, I think he had one of the weaker ones of the film. That's fair. Um, I obviously need to see the film again to you know have a better assessment of this, but I thought it was interesting how like you know was it from the last film? I guess. You know, with a lot of most, a lot of the Star Wars films, there's at least a good chunk of time that takes place between these films. But this one is, you know, almost immediately after the last one. So the sense of time, you know, between them is felt, you know, I guess outside the films, but in the film, it's actually just, you know, relatively small amount of time. So there wasn't much in the way of, you know, change um, for the character, which I guess I would have liked. But I like what they did with the character. Um, Someone who, for someone who I think is you know pretty irredeemable at the same time, they did a decent enough job. Like you know, is it giving us reasons to still you know, I guess give him give a crap about him, um, mm. and some of the stuff that he was going through. I guess you know in relation to uh, you know the dark side, Ray and uh, uh, Snoke as well. But again, that's more uh, spoiler based territory, so I won't get into that. But I thought Adam Driver did like you know a really good job in the role. Yeah, no, definitely. He's, I mean, he's a good actor and uh, good in the role, but I think this is more of like just an issue with the writing for me than actually like him. Yeah, definitely. Um, what did you think of uh, Leia? Uh, she's good. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> well, no, no, well, she's sorry. She's great. Like, um, 
I just kind of like how she um, really tried to mentor Poe. Uh, like, it really is kind of like how their relationship has been. So I've I've read a couple of the Poe Dameron comics, and it's kind oh, of okay. like yeah. the relationship that they have is this really mentor mentor relationship. Um, yeah. And so it was really cool to actually kind of see that in the in the a film form because I don't know if we really saw that a whole lot in The Force Awakens. Um, so like after learning about that, reading a few of these books, and then being able to see it on on the screen, kind of how that played out was really satisfying for me. Um, uh, I think she could have had a slightly different arc, especially given some things. Now I'm thinking about it. I probably shouldn't say it without the spoiler stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, I mean Carrie Fisher just is again fantastic as, as Leia. Like she she is the princess. So every, you know, after her passing, just having having me, being able to see her one more time in that role is um, very satisfying. And, yeah. Uh, uh, really, I guess it's really the only thing I can say. It's, it's satisfying, and it's great to see. And, and a little sad that you know we're not going to be able to see her in episode nine. But you know, it's it 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 is what it is, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like uh, for me. Um, they went in some interesting direction with her. I feel like um, with The Force Awakens, it was nice to see her back, but they definitely gave her like a lot more to do. She was front and center with, you know, a lot of the plot and uh, interacted with some of these characters. And you know, uh, I've always like, you know, is it Carrie Fisher in the role? But like, you know, here she did like, you know, some really, you know, great material. And um, some of the stuff that they did with the character was surprising, but in a good way for me. Um, some stuff I was surprised about as well, but again, we're getting to that spoiler-based territory, so I'll try to avoid that. But um, whenever I did see it, during us, especially some of these moments in the film, I guess in the latter side of it, uh, I did well up a little bit. I was like, oh gosh, like um, the emotions were running a little high, so I was like, damn. Um, but it was really fun. Um, I really enjoyed it in the role, and, you know, Carrie Fisher, love her, real good. Um, and I think that's... I'm trying to think if there's any other characters that bear mentioning at the moment. Um, General Hux. Uh, I'll quickly, <laughs> briefly talk about that guy. Um, Dom Hall Gleason, I like him as an actor. He's, he's a really good actor. And in The Force Awakens, he was, you know, he was just there. He just made this really awkward kind of speech, um, which was, I guess... I'd, it's hard to describe. It's just it's just awkward because it felt like he was just you know going a little too hardcore, like you yeah. know, overacting it, a little bit. It was a little too more like I'm evil, yeah, I'm a bad guy type of speech. It's like okay, this is it, it. Like the gag was funny, but the it was a little uh, uh, over the top. Yeah, and with this film, I feel like. There wasn't much development for him. He was essentially doing, I guess, the same sort of thing from the The Force Awakens, but um, I guess he was, I guess, a little more slimy, a little more sinister. But again, he didn't really amount to much in the grand scheme of things. No, he he is a very flat character, like overall. Like even in The Force Awakens, I didn't think he contributed very much, other than like some sort of a antagonist for Kylo. Yeah, yeah. Um, like he, he you know having to compete with this other character for Snoke's approval is really the only reason why he exists. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's just as whiny as Kylo. 
He's just as obnoxious. Uh, he just is with uh, Domino Gleason just a little more overacting than uh, Adam Driver, <laughs> I think. Uh, I, I just I never really cared for the character. That's fair. Um, I think with the rest of the cast, I think I'll literally just um, probably just talk about those guys and the spoilers because I think they have, I guess, more story-related stuff, especially one person who is pretty integral to the film, but he shows up at another point in the film. Um, so we'll save that for the spoiler section. Um, so right now, I think we'll talk about the visuals, if that's cool. Works for me. Alright, so uh, what we'll do is talk about the visuals and soundtrack and then go into that whole spoiler-based stuff. So uh, what did you think of the visual side of things in this film? I do like how they're keeping with the whole, um, mostly practical effects. Yeah. Because they did that in The Force Awakens. And, oh, excuse me. And, uh, you know, I like that a lot because I know that's one of the huge things that people knock on the prequels for, so it was over-CGI'd. Um, I have some arguments for that, um. But regardless, um, it, just, it was nice to see kind of that style of, of filmmaking kind of just coming back in general. Yeah. Um, and, and I think The Force Awakens kind of really showed why that's important and how it can be done well. And The Last Jedi just kind of carries on with that. Like there's – like the special effects are just there to – or the CGI rather are just is just there to kind of enhance the stuff. But you can really tell – that the the practical effects and just it makes a huge huge difference in the viewing experience. So I really like to see that they are continuing to do that. Oh yeah, um, with the uh, with the Force Awakens, when I rewatched that the other day, it really stood out to me. Like you know, is it just the uh, real like on set locations? Whether you're talking about like you know, the desert of Jakku or like uh, was it? You know, the interior locations of, like, you know, the uh, Starkiller base, you know, you can tell that these are real sets with people walking around in them, and it was just nice to have that, you know, sort of transition into this film with, uh, what's it, I can't remember the name of the planet which uh, Luke is hiding on with, you know, Ray, but, you know, how that was shot in Ireland on those, you know, really interesting, like, you know, was it uh, structures on, like, you know, those island-based islands. Um and you know some of these other locations that show up in the film which uh, again just add to that whole level of realism but also with the power of the CGI they enhance it to make it you know feel tangible but like you know larger than life and fictional at the same time um, the CGI in this film was really good the the amount of detail that they're able to put into uh, everything whether you're talking about um, you know some of the planet locations or the design of the ships or the amount of like I don't know particles and explosions it's ridiculous the amount of detail that goes into this and um, I thought the uh, the dogfights in space uh, and the battle sequences had an interesting mixture of what they were able to do with uh, The Force Awakens but also with Rogue One it's like they sort of found a way to mash those both together and create something that felt close in combat but also, you know, have that sense of scope and wideness in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the color scheme. Some of the stuff in this film looked really good. And uh, the lightsaber battles, um, while not as, I guess, not as many as the prequel trilogy, there was one interesting sequence which was really cool. And it had some stuff that I had never seen before with, you know, uh, lightsaber-based battles. and. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was, you know, pretty impressive. 
Yeah, I definitely like that scene too. Like that was one of the more unique lightsaber fights of the series. So it's really kind of cool to see them do something different with it, because that's really what you want to see. Like, yeah, lightsaber battles are lightsaber battles are cool, but they, like once you see the same thing over and over and over and over again, you're like, okay, this is cool, but it's I want to see something different, and they really deliver on that something different this time around. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm trying to think, is there anything else visually that needs to be mentioned? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Anything else you want to talk about visually? Uh, no. I mean, so the, the, like I said, like the practical effects and the like the on 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 locations are really the two biggest ones because really that's just those two things alone really make a huge difference in the visuals and, and the looks and the feel and it and they do it to really great effect yeah definitely um i think was it uh i just wanted to talk about the uh, soundtrack really quickly because um with john williams i love the guy he's created some of the most iconic themes and scores in all of film history the guy is like essentially Absolutely. you know essentially god so uh with the force awakens i thought that soundtrack was good but there was only a handful of like themes in there that i actually liked i thought it sort of lacked the uh Obviously, it lacked the quality of the originals, but I think even in some ways it didn't have the same sort of, I guess, punch that even the prequels had. So, uh, with this film, I was surprised by like how much the soundtrack, you know, stuck out with the returning themes from the Force Awakens, but also how we incorporated some of the, I guess, like you know, main themes in there and created some new ones. It was the 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 score just had you know a lot more presence. It had a little bit more oomph. And, uh, you know, really worked in some of these dramatic or, like, you know, tension-based scenes. Um, it was some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. May I, I guess I'm a little different. I, I'm with you, though. John Williams is probably my favorite film composer, uh, hands down. Um, and the Star Wars stuff from the original, and, re- and also, like you said, the prequel trilogy, just is so iconic and memorable that... I, I just didn't get that from The Force Awakens, or as much from The Force Awakens, or even this one, I guess. Yeah. Like, maybe just because I haven't had as much time with it. Yeah. But there's not a whole lot that really stood out to me. Like, I definitely picked up on, like, the returning themes, because um, there was even some from the original tr- trilogy that popped up, because, like, with Leia's theme, uh, uh showed up a couple times. Th- there was Ray's theme a few times from, you know, from the last film. Um, but, like, a lot of the new stuff, I... I don't know if I just wasn't really paying attention to it as much, or if it just really didn't stand out to me. And whether that's just because it's I, maybe it's not as good, or maybe it's just because I haven't had the time with it yet. Because like you know those other films, I've had years and years to watch over and over again. Yeah. So I guess maybe we'll just see what that as time goes on. Uh, but right now, I'm not overly impressed. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's still not on that, that same sort of level of John Williams quality that he used to produce. Like you know, I guess. 10 or so years ago but um, I still feel like this is probably some of his most notable material he's done for a good while mm-hmm. alright um, so what we're going to do now ladies and gentlemen we're going to transition into that spoiler based territory so uh, you know if you're if you wanted to know our general thoughts on the film like you know let's just sum it up here just for those who aren't jumping into the spoiler section uh, Drew if you'd like to go first uh, I mean overall I liked it I uh, definitely had that Star Wars feel. Um, there's just a few character arc things that I had some trouble with and had to get over, or really had to think about. Uh, but I'd say overall, it, it was definitely an enjoyable film. 
Cool. Uh, for me, I thought the film was, you know, was it surprising, but in a good way. There were certain elements that happened with the story and characters that, you know, didn't didn't go the way I expected and, you know, I wasn't overly satisfied with. But as an overall film, there was some really cool stuff done with, you know, the story, the characters. And there was just a sense of tension, dread and mystery that I haven't felt for this series for a while now. And uh, I thought Ryan Johnson's direction for this film was different, bold, but captivating so yeah I like the film okay so ladies and gentlemen if you're still with us right now so we're going to jump into spoilers based territory so for those who are not paying attention spoilers I'm shouting that out right now the spoilers and we're going to spoilers right now so Drew let's talk about that story because this is the point of contention for a lot of people yes um Okay, so we talked about Luke earlier. Yes. And here, here I'm really divided uh, on Luke's, just how he is in general right now. Like, so I understand, like, in The Force Awakens, how he kind of, like, oh, after his, after Kylo rose up, he went to seclusion. Like, I got that. Like, I understood, like, oh, this, like, that really broke him as, as a character. And so he's like, oh, I, I, like, he didn't want to have any part of that. Like, he felt like he failed, so he went into exile. I understood that and I think that was good but in this movie we kind of learned that like breaking point for Kylo and like or Ben and how he became Kylo Ren like that you know that moment with with Luke yeah standing over him and so like the reason for it was the fact that Luke felt the darkness inside of him and he had this moment of I should kill him to not let this rise up to me that is very it doesn't seem like something Luke would do yeah because yeah. He's the one who's like, in you know, in Return of the Jedi, he's like, I see the good in you. Yes, you have darkness, but I see the good in you. I can, tur- I can turn you back. And to have him later on come up to s- see that same darkness in his nephew, no less, and be like, I should kill him, that does not seem like something this character would do. Oh, no, I can definitely... And, under- I can understand and, that. Yeah, and maybe... Just because I cut you off real quick, but maybe this is a part of me, like, still having the old extended universe luke like in my head yeah but like in there um like he was always optimistic like like how he is in the in the movie like he he stayed like that the entire time and he always was had this positive outlook and uh, outlook and he's like you know i need to do this i need to get the jedi back and he never really kind of turned away from any of his students he because he even had some that went straight to the dark side um in the in the old extended universe but he still like fought for them and fought for getting them back to the light side so i think i might have a little bit of that still in my head um but even if you take that away and just kind of go what's in the movies I, I this doesn't seem like a very luke thing to do to me no i can understand that like um i never thought about it that way but now that you've brought it up it's definitely given me something to think about um with luke especially with you saying like you know is it how Luke, for the longest time, especially in, you know, Return of the Jedi, was going on about, oh yeah, Vader, he's my dad, he's like, you know, an evil guy, but I can sense the good in him, you know, I can fix him, you know, convert him back to the, you know, light side. So with this moment where he's like, oh yeah, I sense a darkness in Kylo Ren, and my, you know, first instinct is just to, you know, bloody kill him, I'm like, yeah, you know what, that doesn't actually feel much like Luke at all, now that you, th- well, now that you say it like that, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know, maybe it's just, uh... 
maybe because he is the last of the Jedi. I'm, I don't know how I'm trying to rationalize this in my mind, but maybe it's because he's the last of the Jedi. He just wants to uh, cut it off. Like, you know, is it just any chance that there is any evil? But then I think it's the fact that he actually hesitated before he did it. I mean, it's not like he went for it completely 100%. It was, he did say it was a moment of hesitation and he felt yeah. bad for like, you know, was it going to that dark place? And so, I, after my second viewing, I did kind of like that they showed a weakness in Luke. You know, the fact that he, he isn't this infallible character. Like, he does have doubts, he does have thoughts, uh, or, like, second-guesses himself. Um, so I did like that they showed, like, that aspect of his character, especially because he really didn't have much formal training outside of that little bit with Yoda and Ben Kenobi. Yeah. Um, so to see him kind of, like, question himself like that, after, after I kind of watched it again and thought about it, I did like that, but the but even after thinking about it as much as I have afterwards, having him be having his first thought be like I need to kill this guy so the dark so his darkness doesn't rise up, that's what I have a problem with. No, that's that's definitely a fair assessment, and um, no, I can understand that for sure. There's another thing I wanted to mention, which is another point of contention for people. Uh, what did you think of the way in which the force was used between like? Uh, Kylo Ren and Rey because obviously in the previous films we found out that you know the force has the ability to you know move things and you're able to like you know sense and feel like you know the presence of like uh, people I guess stuff in the world and stuff um, but with this film I don't think we've ever seen you know the force you know work in this kind of way where it's able to create I guess a, a telepathic sort of link where you can visually see someone you know at least in you know their full body form you know from you know, across massive gaps of places. So, you know, for Ray and like, you know, Kylo to be like, you know, I guess linked, you know, I guess psychically, but be able to see each other and have conversations. I thought that was really interesting. Um, strange, but interesting. I think that's just like an evolution of the force. Cause I mean, I mean, like you can, like you said, like two force users could communicate across long distances. So this is kind of like, just an extension of that. Um, I, I felt. I guess I didn't really think about it too much. I just was like, "Oh yeah, this is a thing that 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 can happen." Because like we, I mean, we've seen it in Empire where kind of Luke and Leia kind of had that um, that moment of connection, and so she knew he was in trouble and made him turn around, and so she was able to to find him at, on the on that cloud uh, that cloud city antenna. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's. I don't think it's too different from something like that. It's just a little more refined i guess or just like another use of the force that just something new to show in this movie yeah um what did you think okay this is another thing so i'm literally gonna highlight a few points and then like you know is it uh i'm just curious because there's been a i've read a good few like you know opinions about this and like you know certain comment sections online or through certain reviewers about how much they liked or disliked some of the choices made in this film so uh one of the ones i wanted to mention was uh race parentage what did you think about that reveal? I was happy. That's what I wanted. I did not want her parents to be anybody special. I've said this probably every time I've been on some sort of Star Wars conversation or podcast or whatever it was. I That's what I said for, since The Force Awakens. Like, I hope her parents are nobodies. I don't want them to be anybody special. I don't want them to have any sort of connection to anybody in the past. I want them to be new. Like what? Like the fact the fact that they were just junkers who kind of left her and died later. That was kind of a, oh okay, kind of moment. But the the like, 
that she's really nobody special is what I wanted out of that, and that's what I got. So, I mean, it kind of, after it happened, I, I kind of, I don't know if maybe they'll pick that up in the, in the, in the next one and kind of be like, oh yeah, he was just saying that to, you know, get under her skin or get inside of her head type of thing. So maybe it'll show up later as a more important thing. Um, but I just actually, was it, it might have been yesterday or this morning, I read uh, a little bit of an interview with Rain Johnson where he was, uh, like, he, he was talking about why he chose to do that. So it sounds like, unless J.J. Abrams changes it in the next one, that that's the official thing as of this point, which I'm actually very happy with. What about you? Oh, yeah, like, 100%. Like, uh, you know, there was all these theories straight after the Bloody Force Awakens came out, like, oh, yeah, is, uh, you know, Rhea Kenobi, or is she, like, some secret child of, like, you know, was it uh, Han and Leia, and, uh, or is she related to some other random Jedi? I'm like, stop it, please. I, I really... If she's part of, like, I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe some other secret, like, Jedi thing, I guess I'm okay with that, as long as it's not attached to the main set of characters already, but if her parents are just no one, that would be great. So when she's in that, um, was it, I guess, uh, she's having that weird, like, little vision thing on the, you know, lower area of the island, and she's, you know, having all those weird mirrored versions of her. And she's going to that thing, and then it says like, "Oh yeah, show me my, show me my parents or whatever." The, my heart was beating a little bit. I was like, "What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do?" And it's, it just showed her herself. I was like, "Oh thank goodness!" And then yeah. <laughs> I was so happy. I'm like, "She's no one. Her parents was no one. She's just Ray, and I'm great. I'm happy." Yeah, and it worked for the story too because just having her hear that, and you know, realize that her parents are nobody, and they abandoned her. That kind of broke her a little bit, which from a story point is really good yeah definitely um because i thought it was uh because obviously since the first film is um she's been you know looking for her parents she's been hoping you know to find like um her purpose and a sense of belonging and the fact that this film just dropped that like right there it's like oh yeah you're nobody your parents dashed you and um yeah it was a really important plot point because it you know it did like you know was it emotionally break her and um you know, I guess put her on a course correction for like, uh, you know, just moving forward. Yeah, and like, um, like, like I was a little afraid that she would be somebody. Like, I think the one I liked the most was like a granddaughter of Kenobi. Like, that's like I didn't want her to be Skywalker if she or a Solo if she was somebody important. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the more one that I would have preferred. Um, but like, like one of my friends was really stuck on the point that like in the force awakens when they first tell like one of his troopers first tell kylo about the girl he's like oh what girl so she's like so my friend was like uh like he clearly has an idea of who she is um so yeah uh, so it's kind of one of the big things of why like they thought she was somebody important and uh but again i'm just kind of excited that she isn't yeah definitely isn't somebody important That's or at least fun. her parents were because because I, I one of the reasons why i didn't want her parents to be anybody important because i feel like like that would take away from ray so by having her parents be just junkers these nobody people makes ray more special 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I never thought about that, but then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just afraid that if she was part of, like, you know, was it connected to someone from the previous canon, then they're just going to have to try and retcon, like, you know, was it history and then, like, you know, insert something awkwardly into the point in the timeline, which either would contradict what happens later on or just just create, like, you know, unnecessary chaos where there doesn't need to be any. Yeah. I mean, there's only a handful of series that really mess around with the continuity of his, like, ongoing franchises, but, you know, um, I think after the X-Men series just decided to, you know, go completely all over the place with, you know, what counts and what doesn't count in their film series, I'd rather not have anything like that happen to Star Wars, because clearly, besides, like, I guess a few minor things that got changed, I guess, because of the prequels, overall, they're they're consistent in terms of the information you're given about the character's story and the way in which certain events go from point A to point B. So if you're trying to splice in something between A and B that doesn't belong, then that would just, you know, that would frustrate me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so one of the other things I wanted to talk about was Leia. How do you think she was handled in this film? Just as the, you know, her overall plot and stuff. I mean, I, as I said before, I think she did well... Uh, like she did a really good job um so one thing uh so i was reading this website called cinema blend and they had this really good idea uh that i really liked that probably actually would have worked out very well yeah um i guess i don't know how much you know lucas actually thought about or lucas film really thought about this um but what they should have done or what they suggested should have been done is have leia been the one to pilot the ship instead of holdo in, into the into the that super star destroyer. Um, oh right, yeah, yeah. And then that way, that'll explain kind of like why she isn't in episode nine, um, and it'll really that really give her like a great heroic send off, and to be kind of be a way to bookend her story, right? And then this is kind of me now, but um, so one thing that I heard about the this new trilogy is that each each movie was going to try to focus on one of the original three members so like the force awakens was more about han solo this one was more about luke and then episode nine is gonna be more about leia right yeah so but now leia's gone or well carrie fisher's gone so like now how's that gonna work so my idea is that they would have gone with that they could have made the story me more about like living up to leia's legacy being like that general being that, that selfless leader who she was who we've seen across six movies now with, with yeah. Leia um, and then especially having like Holdo kind of try to f fulfill that role of being Leia and maybe having trouble doing it would have I think made for a good story in 9 oh yeah like I never thought about that but like now that you bring it up that would have been you know just a really dramatic and you know was it logical way to take the to give the character a send-off in, you know, a way that I think would be, you know, would work for the story, but also would work, I guess, for fans. Because, I mean, like, even though I think that before the film, like, you know, was it finished, uh, there were people that were just saying, oh, yeah, we don't want the character to be killed off. But um, if you were to do it like that, the way in which um, you, you suggested it, would have, it had would it would have had a really great emotional resonance and... To a degree, I think if that was the case, I think you could have still kept Luke around for uh, episode nine. Um, yeah, and I th and I think maybe that's part of the reason why they 
again, I don't know if they actually thought about that at all. But maybe that's one of the reasons why they didn't was because they didn't want to kill off both Luke and Leia. Yeah. You know, yeah. In, in the same film. That's kind of like one of the reasons I thought of maybe that might maybe why they didn't want to go that way if it came up, and I can see that. But I I just think it kind of put them in a more difficult position. Uh, now that you know she's not going to be around for Episode Nine. So so because I I mean I do know that that pretty much it was all finished up when she passed away. Yeah. Um. But I mean it could have they could have done some editing or some extra reshoots to make it seem like Leia was the one who hopped on the ship. Cause they didn't really have to show her being on the ship. Just maybe some, you know, just showing Holdo be with Poe instead of Leia. And then maybe either like a, a face of regret from Holdo or maybe even like a simple line or something like, like they didn't really need to even show her on the, like Leia on the bridge. Yeah. But, and, it would have been interesting because then you could have like Holdo in like uh, this position of power where she could be like I guess the new sort of um, head of like you know the resistance where you sort of like you've come to understand who she is as a character why she'd done what she'd done and maybe like you know uh, Poe would have a new respect for her and they could you know sort of iron out their relationship you know towards the end of that film and going ahead they'd become like you know I guess this new sort of um they'd have a new sort of bond in the leadership towards like, you know, I guess getting rid of the first order and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be yeah interesting. And I think that would have been like a great building off of like what we saw at the end because, Oh, damn, excuse me again. Uh, because like we saw like at, at, you know, at the end when she left to go make that sacrifice and Leia kind of told, told Poe like kind of how her character was. And you kind of see that on his face, like, oh, I completely misjudged her. Yeah. To kind of explore that in the next movie would have been cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, the uh, oh, one other thing about Leia. What do you think about her? You know, essentially being able to use the Force to, like, you know, was it snap herself back into like that built uh, the ship after it blew up? Because for a quick second, I actually thought that uh, you know the film was actually going to take a route right there and then. I was absurdly shocked. Me too. Yeah, I I was like, oh, that's gonna happen. Uh, no, I like, I like that she has the force. I mean, she's you know, Luke's sister. So, I mean, eventually, like in the old expanded universe, she, like she was a Jedi for a little bit. So, like she has it, and she can do that. But that scene in general, so okay, those kind of space scenes that way, like, those kind of drive me a little nuts because yeah. <laughs> I know I know this is fiction, and you're supposed to like let your expectations go or whatever, but like. If you go into space like that, you're dead in like less than ten seconds. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I had, I had the same problem in Guardians of the Galaxy two when Yondu and uh, Peter went into space. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 I guess a little spoiler for Guardians two if you haven't seen it. I'm sorry, but like Quill <laughs> had the suit on, so that's okay. But Yondu didn't. He should have been dead. He, like you don't just like kind of freeze over that way. You, it, it's more gruesome than that. So, <laughs> so maybe that's why they don't do it. But it's. Like I was like, oh come on, like be somewhat close to what is supposed to happen. Um, but anyway, to go back to you, <laughs> sorry, it's a little tangent there. Um, yeah. But to go back to your point with her having the force, I mean, I like it. I I like that she's kind of like she uses it, but isn't like a full on Jedi. Like she just kind of taps into it when she needs to. I I I like that aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, for me, like I did have the same, you know, reaction. I'm like. How long has she been out there? And if she's been out there for as long as I'm assuming, she, you know, she'd be dead, right? 
Yeah, and, uh, and I guess you could like use an argument where she would make a force bubble around her or something. Yeah, right? yeah. And then air quotes, you can't see it, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess that could be kind of a thing, but e- even so, I... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, um, to go back to the Guardians of the Galaxy, even in the first one, when um, Peter and Gamora are out in space, he gave her his, uh, you know, face mask thing, and he was out there for a little while before Yondu found him and, you know... Yep. Yep, that, to beam yep, there, so. yep, that was another part. I'm like, okay, this is stupid. <laughs> so, um, I was like, wow. Like, uh, for me, uh, I was surprised because I'm just like, I'm applying so much logic to this. I'm like, she should be dead. She should be dead. She should be dead. But at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, oh my god, Lizzie using the force and she's doing cool things. And I'm like, because you know, at the end of uh, you know, towards the latter side of like uh, Return of the Jedi, you find out, you know at least that these guys uh well that she has these abilities from what luke says and um for her to actually use it in a way that's not just you know communicating with someone you know telepathically uh was super cool so i'm like oh my gosh leia's actually using like force-based ability this is super sweet it was you know in the context of the scene obviously it was unrealistic but at the same time i was like i don't care force powers way (laughs) (laughs) right um Oh, and speaking of the Force, okay, what did you think about, like, what happened with uh, Luke, Kylo Ren, and, like, you know, was it how, you know, Luke eventually went out? I, I like that he confronted him that way. Uh, I do kind of wish, though, that there was more of a like, an actual lightsaber duel between the two of them. Yeah. Because um, that, that's kind of one of the things that I really would have liked to have seen is Luke just in a straight-up lightsaber duel. Uh um, but then I, I feel like if they would have done that though he would have they would have had him disappear like how he did it in this film anyway but do it more like he did like how Ben Kenobi did in A New Hope oh yeah so that, and that again would kind of been like rehashing that so that kind of would have been a little bit of a problem I think um, but like that whole confrontation itself uh, I liked I mean it also kind of stems from my problem that I was talking about earlier with the fact that they felt he couldn't be saved like that kind of bothered me a little bit too I, I, I guess just to bring it up again yeah like even even when uh like when Luke first shows up with Leia and kind of and they had their little like brief conversation and he's like sorry I couldn't save him and Luke and Leia's like I you know like I accepted that my son's dead a long time ago like like come on guys like you guys are the ones who turned vader back to anakin like why are you giving up on 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 ben yeah you know that just that kind of bothered me um so um but then then someone that gets over to him he's like like are you here to save my soul he's like no i'm here i can't what he said i'm here to stop you or something like that or like whatever whatever he said um like that was a cool moment but I, i feel like luke being all this you know all these things that i've mentioned about luke kind of it didn't quite hit the resonate i guess as much as as, as much as i think it should have no me. yeah that's fair um for me i was when um you know going back in the point of the film when uh was it Ray confronted Luke about like you know him creating Kylo Ren? That little exchange that they had, um, you know, with their sort of I guess stick fight was kind of cool. I was hoping that that scene would like you know move into like a lightsaber battle, but unfortunately, like uh, I guess Luke got caught off guard, and then 
drop to the ground. Um, but with this final confrontation and Luke had his lightsaber, I was like, oh, this is going to be sweet. And I feel like they treated the battle the same sort of way that they did with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul in Star Wars Rebels, if you've seen that one. Uh, no, I haven't watched any Rebels at all. Alright, um, well, essentially that battle was also kind of short, but they have, I guess it's more about the... Uh, uh, psychological like and uh, emotional like um, stuff surrounding like the battle and what's led up to this that you know was okay. it feels like you know the moment because you know that there's been so much stuff happening between these characters so you can feel the weight of it so they I guess they felt that the drama and tension and atmosphere the scene uh, would help you know I guess what's the word I'm looking for um would help enhance the fact that there wasn't that much combat in the scene and while they did a few cool things in the in the in that sequence which was nice i really did want like i said to my sister and my friend like if they had at least two more minutes just two minutes of actual combat i mean even if it was if it was somewhere between like i guess uh a new hope and like you know was it empire strikes back where you know it's a good few exchanges but there's like those moments where you know characters are walking around each other in circles have a good like you know few uh, lightsaber clashes stuff like that um even some of the stuff that he was doing with ray if he was to implement that into like you know the battle where it's just you know him being super aggressive and like you know luke being you know all suave and like you know having that sort of master old master mentality where he's able to like you know dodge people's attacks and you know show the guy that even though you know kylo's really powerful he's uh, you know nothing compared to luke's you know years of training and like you know mastering like the arts and stuff so mm-hmm. I was I was disappointed but at the same time when Kyler went to strike him down you find out that you know Luke was bloody projecting himself from all the way on that bloody planet I'm like what sort of next level powers have you got and he was bloody floating and everything I was like Christ yeah. Luke you're, you're some sort of next level god level up like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I, I like that just kind of show like how powerful Luke has become which I kind of guess goes back to me wanting to see him in a fight to, to kind of see how he evolved since his fight with Vader because that's 30 years later you know he's improved since then yeah so I to that's that's why I wanted to see like an actual fight but th- that was a good compromise I guess is a good way to put it just to, to kind of see how his force strength has increased over you know those three decades yeah and um i had a fear that he was going to die in this film i mean it was one of my assumptions many many moons ago but during that final scene well you know with him on the uh rock where he's you know tapped into the force used his super powered abilities and i'm just like oh no he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna fade isn't he and then he disappears I'm like no i was so heartbroken because i was like you could have done so much more with this character and I will never get the chance. I've been robbed. <laughs> <laughs> well, ho- hopefully that means he'll show up as a force ghost with, uh, with Ray. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one other thing I forgot. That is a possibility. And oh, oh, speaking of force ghosts, what did you think about the inclusion of Yoda in this film? I thought it was pretty cool. I actually like the fact that. So I don't. Okay, I can't. I try to look this up. So I, I don't know if that was actually like the Yoda puppet. Or just CGI to look like the Yoda puppet. Yeah. But I really, really liked that it it looked at least looked and acted like the Yoda puppet from the original trilogy. Because that that was a really good way to kind of tie in um, that that character, I guess, to 
that that story. I mean, it's kind of similar to like how um uh like like when they did the the edits for the original trilogy, like they made the uh, Anakin's Force Ghost be the um the Anakin from the prequels as yeah. opposed to the original one. Um, like whether you agree with that or not. Uh, so to, to have uh, Yoda be the original trilogy Yoda instead of the prequel trilogy Yoda was a nice touch. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, like, for me, I saw him, I was like, oh my god, it looks just like the version from, like, you know, was it uh, episode 5 and 6? And he looks so clean. Um, yeah, it was good. And, and I like... And, and he was just, yeah, he was sorry, just as funny, too. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, cut you off. He, he's, he's funny. Like, like that's... Like, that that was the original trilogy. Yoda also... also Like, they hit, they hit the character right on the head. Yeah, that was the same thing I was going to bring up. It's just that they kept the same personality as well, where he's, you know, cracking jokes and being very strange, but also offering, you know, the same, like, level of wisdom and, like, knowledge and stuff like that. And it, I think it was just great to see those guys still, you know, knowing that after how many years these guys are still in communication and, like, you know, is it Yoda is still, like, you know, pointing out the fact that, you know, Luke has, like, you know, these faults that, you know, have, I guess, carried on from, you know, the first day he, you know, came to Yoda with training and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, there's one other thing we haven't, like, talked about yet. Uh, well, actually, no, firstly, before that, before that, like, uh, that lightsaber battle between um, Rey, Kylo, and uh, those, uh, I guess... Guard, guardsman of like you know was it Snoke? I like that. That was really cool. Yeah, that scene overall was really exciting. Uh, I mean, like just the fact that they had like this sl- slightly lightsaber resistant armor, um, or, or their or their weapons too was like they could actually clash with the lightsabers. Uh, just made it really interesting, and the and then like how. Kylo and Rey worked together kind of made you think that okay maybe Kylo really is kind of turning over to the good side after this and they'll kind of has this relationship where they can you know work together and defeat you know the uh, the first order and then uh, the thing with Snoke happened yeah <laughs> uh, I'll let you t- I'll let you talk about whatever the about, about that scene before I go into my, okay. my whole spiel about because <laughs> this is another kind of like one of my big issues with the movie like like it was a Luke thing and then this were like my two big things so yeah I'll, I'll let you go first okay um before I get into Snoke I just wanted to like you know uh bounce off of you what you said about the lightsaber battle again like uh we've seen you know um you know lightsaber battles done in you know numerous ways whether it's you know one-on-one or like you know was it battle royales or you know characters using double-sided lightsabers or two lightsabers like you know one in each hand but this was interesting to see uh you know these really elite combat based people with different types of weaponry you know going up against uh you know formidable people with lightsabers and seeing how they you know fought in combat uh it was really well choreographed you could see all the action and I like how these guards just had all these different styles in terms of their weapons, uh, you know, fighting styles and poses. It, it was some really cool stuff and probably the most interesting stuff we've seen in the series probably since the prequels. Um, I'd say even probably since episode one because even though episode three has some really great stuff in there, I feel like once you got to the point with uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight on Mustafar, like that battle starts out really interesting but then sort of gets I guess a little tedious towards the uh, as the film goes on because you see these guys fighting in such crazy situations where it's just like 
guys, you're, you're fighting in a situation where you could, like, essentially die. They stop it. <laughs> Find safe ground, please. This is going on a bit longer <laughs> than necessary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, the stuff in this film, uh, nice stuff. Um, okay, so Snoke. <laughs> yeah, I'm, here I'll let you go first on on, on this one. I, okay. I want to hear you. Uh, yeah, like, he, 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 <laughs> I want to hear your third th- thoughts on it first before I throw mine into the mix. Okay, so with Snoke, I am. Uh, oh, I'd say overall I like him, but I'm not sure I like what they did with him. I thought um, visually his character design is you know the guy looks ugly, but. <laughs> I think he looks even better than he did in The Force Awakens, and I was glad to know that he wasn't, like, you know, this giant, massive figure. He was, you know, I guess relatively human size, maybe, I guess, maybe six to seven foot in size, possibly from the way he was sitting down in that chair, but I love Andy Serkis. Like, his voice work was really good. The character had, a, you know, an evil, sinister presence. He, you know, definitely echoed the, uh, you know, Darth Sidious, um, but I guess in a maybe a more charismatic kind of way I like how he you know was aware of the force he was aware of like you know was it uh, Kylo Ren's like conflict and he you know just he wants more from Kylo but you know because of obviously the conflict within him he's just like he's ready to dash the guy at like you know a moment's notice um, his exchanges with Ray was interesting and again I just thought he was a really cool character the only issues I have with him is that he knows so much about the Force, and yet we didn't we didn't discover much about his character that we didn't know already. Um, he we don't know where he comes from, how he knows the Force. Uh, you know, was it how and why he recruited Kylo Ren, and why he ended up being just this uh, footnote-based character? Because I thought he was going to be at least the new bad of the series, and then he was so easily tricked stabbed and then cut in half he got Darth mauled and I was like what <laughs> and the guy's just done I'm like what okay this this is a thing now so I'm like okay I guess this guy was just a footnote in a larger you know story but I was surprised and I guess disappointed with the way in which that was handled I mean I was I think it was just a case of I was really starting to get into the character as his scenes progressed but then he was just like literally cut down before we got to learn more so that's that's my general takeaway from it. I like the character. I just wasn't overly keen with the way in which he was handled and not learning more about some of the core elements that I think was it people were interested in him in the first place. So yeah. Yeah, I. That's like exactly my point too. Like if um, he he in the Force Awakens they set him up to be like the next Darth Sidious or you know Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, and then he's just gone. Like, what in the world? Like, like you said, we know zero things about him. We don't know anything about his past. He's clearly, he's clearly not a Sith, but he knows the dark side. Yeah. Like, how did that? How did that come about? Like, um. Like, why? How did he get to Kylo? Like, um. Like even Luke, like when he's telling his story, like, oh, like Snoke already got to Kylo, like when he's talking about his darkness. Yeah. Well, how how do you know about Snoke? How how does Snoke know about the Jedi, and the Jedi Temple? And you know where did he come from? How did he learn the dark side? Like, and then he's just gone. He, I'm actually really pissed on the way that they handled him. Yeah, yeah. He just, I don't know. Like, I mean, if you go back to Sidious, like, you know, I'm trying to like rationalize this, and you know, like when I have an have a 
they have this problem, you know, like these things, like with with Luke or Snoke. Like I try to kind of say, okay, well, how does how does how does this compare to something else in the Star Wars story that I might be able to like rationalize and maybe make it seem like not a big, as big a deal as it is, you know? So like the one of the things that came to mind is you know like the Emperor. Like you really don't learn a whole lot about him in the original trilogy, other than the fact that he's like this, you know. Like you know that he's this strong guy who who's Vader's afraid of. He rules the empire, you know. So, but yet, that all this stuff that we're having we're talking about with Snoke isn't really an issue about about the Emperor. But I think the difference is that he's is the way that they were set up. Like 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 you learn about the Emperor in four and five by the time you get to him in six. Yeah. Um, and and just kind of how others act about the Emperor. Like you learn all you need to know about him, and and I think also might be too kind of just the way that a new hope starts. Like oh, like like the empire is taking over the galaxy, and the emperor's in charge. Like that's kind of like really all the setup that he needs. But with Snoke, I feel like you can't really get away with as much, and he, like the fear of him wasn't really, or like I don't know how you want to say this, but he he wasn't like set up as well as the emperor was by the time we saw him yeah and yeah. so we and so we want all these questions answered and especially because like given how how the universe has actually been built at this point like we need those answers we need to have have that background on we don't need a lot of background on him just maybe like a scene or two to explain it and that's not there like he's, 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 uh... <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry no, no, no. I can I can understand your frustration and like the thing is it's something that I didn't think about until I, you know, really just sat down because again, this is one of those sort of films that when when you sit down and watch it for the first time, there's you you need it's almost like you got like, you know, attacked by a massive wave and you just need to like, you know, was it think back about like, you know, what just happened. And as you start to like process a lot of the things that happen in the film, you start to realize that there are some holes in the grand design that really could have easily been fixed with, you know, just a few lines of dialogue or maybe just handling uh, of the character in a completely different way. Yeah, and like that's so. That's one of my problems with the Force Awakens is that they just introduce like all this new stuff with really little closure. Which maybe that's selfish on my point. I want enclosure and some stuff, but like if you look at A New Hope. Like it, it was. It was almost like the perfect introduction, in where it kept the scope small, but yeah. it definitely left all these points so the future movies could pick up on, and that's and that's what they and that's what you know the Last Jedi did was that it picked up on a couple of these points or uh, uh, getting myself. But that's what like Empire and Jedi did was it took off it it grabbed these points and expanded on them, whereas like, The Force Awakens just threw all this stuff at us. And it's like, okay, well, we kind of trust you to just assume things, which, you know, it works to a point, but at the same time, I just don't want, like, I can, I can only say, like, okay, I can accept this without any, any explanation so many times. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, it's, that's one of the big things that I wanted to see after, after The Force Awakens was, you know, Snoke and more about him and kind of his background and how he relates to Kylo and, and you know, all this stuff. And then we get this one scene with him, and he's dead afterwards. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what in the world? No, I can understand that. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And that's definitely one of the sort of points where I'm just like, oh, now 
well, upon watching this again, it will actually probably frustrate me because I think was it while watching the prequels, um, especially the Phantom Menace of all the Star Wars films, that film, as much as it makes me laugh because some of the you know dialogue, especially with the uh, the guys from the Droid Federation, make me laugh all the time. Um, that film frustrates me because I can see the potential for a really great film in there. It's just horrible dialogue and you know questionable choices with some of the characters and story. Um, you know, prevent it from being like, you know, this really amazing film, in my opinion. So when I see this film, there's, again, I overall really liked it, but there's just some a few holes that easily could have been corrected. There's yeah. just a few choices that they made with certain characters, whether it's like, you know, character deaths or character progression or, you know, certain story elements that they could have changed that just would have made a world of difference. Yeah, no, exactly. And like kind of to go off of what I've been talking about, um, kind of like to mix Snoke and Luke a little bit. Yeah. But like I, oh, another big thing I really want to learn about was um, like Kylo's turn and like his betrayal of just the Academy in general. Oh yeah. And yeah. all we kind of get is he like in 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 um, was a inciting inciting incident. Yeah, yeah. But really nothing else. Like because we see that whole thing with Luke standing above Kylo and his moment of weakness you know like three three or four times in the movie but that's it like there's clearly much more there like um like what about those students that came with him like clearly there was some contention there between those them and Luke and like they actually have a name called the Knights of Ren like that's a thing we don't learn anything about them like why did they join him like why do they get that name I guess and then, like I said before, Luke said Snoke must have gotten to Kylo. We don't hear any of that stuff either. Yeah. So, yeah. like, we like we even learn like, and that's a huge story point for Kylo. It's like, you know, why he turned and why he betrayed everybody, and and to have that just be, oh, my uncle tried to kill me. <laughs> I feel yeah. like any more than that. Like, yeah. like there's there's clearly more leading up to that. Like that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. But like, what about everything else beforehand? No, I understand that. I mean, like, I think was it the interesting thing about this film is that it answers a good few questions um, that was presented from the last film, but at the same time, it leaves a good few questions unanswered. Um, and then there's also the answers that this film gives. Not all of them are, I guess, satisfying, um, mm -hmm. and that's another issue because the problem with Star Wars now is that it's so big that. Um, you know was it it can go in any direction but the annoying thing is that there's also like you know the expanded universe material which you could borrow from you know to adapt um, but also just come up with some interesting new ideas as well and I think some of the decisions that were made in this film I just don't entirely agree with um, considering the amount of like you know is it possibilities that you have for this universe but I guess it's canon. It cannot be like, you know, is it undone? Um, <laughs> but again, I think was it for me, there's more positives than negatives um, in this series that I still want to, you know, go ahead and see yeah. where it goes from here. I'm just curious that since this film, like, um, I think is mainly a direct response to the fact that, you know, The Force Awakens played it so safe that they went in a completely opposite direction and I think almost alienated a good chunk of their audience. So when you go back to, you know, episode nine, are we just going to, you know, retract it back and then I guess go to, you know, playing it safe again? Because you do have the same guy that, you know, did a, you know, okay job with the last film. So 
I'm just wondering yeah, if they're going to, you know, do 180 and go back to playing it safe in the next one. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I guess I know, I've been knocking on this, you know, for the past however, 20 minutes or however long that's been going on. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, like, there definitely is some good stuff. Like, I mean, they very clearly took some inspiration from Empire where they just had, like, the First Order just completely dominate the the resistance like the same way that the empire just completely overtook the rebels in in in, in empire yeah um, so it really left them like i did kind of like that um where it kind of borrowed from that a little bit but it didn't follow it exactly like i guess one way that i've kind of described it is like the entire movie felt like the, that first act of empire drawn out f- through the entire movie like that first like like you know when they like when they attack hoth and the rebels are escaping from Hoth. Oh yeah, yeah, like that. Like that was the entire movie pretty much here, but then also at the same time had, had a little bit of like the Luke Vader Emperor arc from Empire and Jedi thrown in there. So it's this really weird hybrid, um, but because it was that way, it made the scopes feel small, which was a, what um, the Force Awakens should have done in the first place. It, yeah, because I that like I said before, I just felt that Force Awakens had too big of a scope to be like this entry point in, in the new trilogy so to kind of see this have that little bit smaller i guess you could say slightly more intimate setting yeah yeah that was a nice change and, and and it really left like the resistance in these characters in this really difficult space the same way that the empire left them at the end at the end of that so i mean that, that i mean that was nice that they kind of took that um because that's really what made empire so su- successful as a sequel um is it the fact that just kind of the bad guys won that pretty much, and so the same thing happened here. So, like for better or worse, that you know that it kind of took from that for, and I think it kind of worked out for the better. Yeah, definitely. I noticed that myself. Um, that there was definitely echoes of like you know Empire, but then there was also elements of like you know Return of the Jedi that I noticed as well. And um, uh, just overall, I feel like the film just has the most, I guess. Uh, tension I felt in a Star Wars film for a while because you know when you see the uh, I guess the First Order chasing out the Resistance knocking their ships out one by one and they're like you know running on fumes I'm like this is a pretty you know tense based like you know situation these guys could die a lot of these characters that we're introduced to whether they're I guess you know secondary characters or you know long term characters or new you know extended cameos they get taken out left right and center I'm like bloody hell Uh, it was there was a lot of like uh, what's the word I'm looking for there was a lot of stakes in this film and mm-hmm. the drama was real and there was a lot of emotional moments that again I haven't felt in a Star Wars film probably since um, the original trilogy like you know for me Return of the Jedi is my favourite although I can understand why like Empire is everybody else's like it's still a cl- it's a cl- very close second uh, for me but this film I think echoes that film in a lot of ways but also introduces some like I guess slightly different elements in the sense that you know I think it's probably just Ryan Johnson's like you know writing and like sense of style as a director where he makes you think about things in uh, ways in terms of like some of the themes that he brings up and the way in which some of the story elements are handled um, where this is the most I I think thought-provoking Star Wars film I've seen for a while I've just there's certain things I've never had to, you know, think about in this series until I saw it. So I think this is definitely a, a case of the director's, like, you know, style 
you know, bleeding into a Star Wars film where they have enough of, you know, the core elements that is Star Wars, but they, you know, allowed the director to, you know, you know, do whatever he wanted to, you know, change things up. And the direction was bold and, you know, very risky. And while not all the risks, like, paid off, I feel like, you know, in order for a series like this to stay, you know, fresh and relevant, some of the changes that were in this film were necessary to help it move along. So I did appreciate that. Yeah, like, one thing I definitely liked to kind of go off of that is that you, you definitely felt, like, how desperate the Resistance was. And, like, every move they made, you could feel that desperation just in the film. Uh, like, when they start running out of fuel, like, when uh, Finn and Rose are coming back and, uh, you know, like, it was, like they almost didn't make it in time or they get betrayed by DJ and, um, or when Poe turns on, like, on the high command. Like, did you, like you kind of felt that, like, the, it, it was almost like Rogue One where you kind of felt this desperation throughout the entire film. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but, it, but in a good way, and, and that's kind of, I think, what, this story needed at this point oh definitely um yeah everything felt very dire and like you know there was a struggle and everyone it felt like everybody was just grass match straws i mean you know it just felt like every at any moment like you know was it uh you know especially the heroes could just lose everything um so they just had to be you know tactical but at the same time just you know have like you know a leap of faith and hope that everything worked out uh yeah. And I just like, again, like uh, some of the, the design of the walls is really cool. I don't know what the name of that uh, place is with the old rebel outpost there, but uh, how the entire planet is essentially salt and uh, how they had to use those old, like, you know, was it uh, flying machines? Yeah, yeah, to go up against the like, speeders, yeah. Yeah, to go up against the, the uh, Empire was crazy. Like, well, the First Order, should I say. Um, those weird, like, crystal dog things they look pretty cool um (laughs) i like those and was it seeing luke and leia have that moment together for just those brief moments that meant everything to me yeah i was and and really it's all that that needed to like that didn't need to be any kind of like drawn out scene like the fact that it only lasted like a few minutes or like not even um and, and just like how very little was said like that was like the perfect reunion and scene for the two of them yeah yeah oh man and um one other thing okay this i think this might be the final thing unless you have anything else that you want to uh talk about no we've hit all the talking points that I (laughs) (laughs) um the last thing i want to talk about is probably the uh the main aspect that i think everybody has said that is like their least favorite element of the film and it's the whole thing with, uh, you know, this whole story with uh, Finn and Rose going to that, like, you know, casino-based planet to go find DJ. Everyone has mentioned that that part of the film is, like, you know, really slow. It takes away from the main aspect of the film. It feels like a side story that didn't need to be there. And the whole thing with, the, like, I guess, animal cruelty that you find out about the film, you know, again, ultimately just, it takes away from the main film. When I watched it, I thought, I liked the planet. I liked the, you know, the visual aesthetic of it all. And uh, some of the scenes in there were really fun. I think this was the first time we were sort of echoing, like, I guess, more of the prequels in terms of, like, the design of, like, you know, the exterior and interior locations. Uh, but I thought it was I thought it was fine. Um, 
while I can understand people saying, oh yeah, that takes away from like, you know, the main story because, you know, it feels like I guess it goes on for a little too long in some cases, but I still found it fun. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I'm with you. I, I think, like, the whole, I guess my biggest issue with it is, like, why did it need to happen if what they were doing didn't end up working out anyway? But yeah. at the same time, you kind of needed that to kind of think that something was going to happen with, you know, like, like, because at one point you're like, oh, this plan can and will work. Uh, and so if they didn't have that there, then it would have been, like, dire the entire time with really no like like that was the only really flash of hope that this movie had for the resistance yeah because you know like because they send this like like because they because they, Poe sends these guys off to do this thing you know and really if they didn't do that they just would have been being chased by the by the first order the entire time and it, it would not have had that moment of like okay they could come back and win and get away um, so that's kind of my only thing is that it just it what you know like I said like it just it didn't amount to anything yeah uh, story story wise uh, but again you kind of needed that but it also kind of it it also expanded on Rose and we got to know Rose more and then also kind of built a relationship of Rose and Finn oh yeah um, what did you think of like that like kiss that she gave him at the end I was like oh that's nice yeah, I mean it was a little abrupt but I mean I oh, guess yeah, if you yeah. look at so I think it's kind of pointless. It's supposed to come out of nowhere, um, but I, I think that if you didn't have these scenes on this casino planet, then that would have just felt even more weird. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, one other thing I haven't mentioned yet: Phasma. What did you think of Phasma? Uh, I don't like that they just killed her off again. Like that, it just. I, so I I don't know if it was just because they were disappointed that in her turnout because I think in The Force Awakens they kind of expected her to be like the next Boba Fett and be yeah. this awesome badass character and she just you can't really plan on that to happen like Boba Fett just kind of happened to take off and be as popular as he was um, whereas like Phasma I think they, they kind of tried to force it so I don't know if this is just kind of like their way of like oh we didn't get the reaction out of, that we wanted out of her so we're gonna just get rid of her um because I think if they would have kept her around to kind of be like Finn's like foil, like like yeah. like, a, like an antagonist just for Finn, that actually would have been a good idea. Like I mean, I guess she might come back because we just saw her fall into the fire, but um, you know, I I doubt it. Um, so I, I don't really like that they just kind of killed her off. Like same as Snoke. Like there was really no reason to get rid of Phasma either. Yeah. Like I... yes, like, like yes, maybe have Finn beat her but don't kill her off no i understand i mean like for me i think that was my first major point of disappointment like um because i was like because i followed you know all the interviews about you know fast beforehand so everyone's saying oh you know in the interviews like gwendolyn christie was even saying oh yeah i have more to do in this film if you were disappointed in the last film you'll be satisfied with this one so i was like I was waiting and waiting and I forgot that she was even in the film until she showed up. I'm like, oh, look, there she is again. I'm like, okay, she's going to do something. And they definitely have a battle and I was happy about that, but it was so brief. And then she just ended up falling and I'm like, no, please don't tell me you've actually just dashed her. Because the thing is, I'm thinking, um, since she wasn't, you know, completely stabbed or, you know, completely killed, there is a chance that she could come back. She could be like a Terminator and just come back again in the next film, which... (laughs) 
would delight me beyond belief that she literally just hold on to a grudge or like you know hold on to life just so she could like you know mess up Finn later on but overall I was just I was disappointed again where I'm just like I guess you did more but it didn't really amount to much so I was like ah what are you you doing well it might be like this might come back to the fact that I was talking about earlier with like this difference in scope yeah so like The Force Awakens had this really huge scope and introduced like all these new characters and concepts and then The Last Jedi had a much smaller scope so maybe this was a way of handling that just like well let's get rid of these characters so we can keep our scope small that that might have been a part of it that's fair yeah um but yeah like uh i think that will do it i mean unless there's anything else to cover i think we've we've gone pretty thorough into like this i think yeah no i've had my rants (laughs) (laughs) no that's cool man um yeah so i think we'll bring this uh spoiler-based discussion to a close ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening and drew thank you for coming back on the podcast like uh it's always interesting to like have your opinions here on this podcast, and uh, I look forward to seeing your review when it ends up on your blog. So again, thank you for coming back. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. I'm this is this is fun. Uh, I like I like being here. So thanks for having me again. No problem. And uh, if you just like to plug your blog for everybody, if they want to find you on the interwebs. Uh, yeah. So my blog is Drew's movie Drew's movie reviews, and it can be found at DrewReviewMovies.wordpress.com. Sweet man, you should definitely check out his work. It's lovely, uh, especially the trailer, like you know, selection that he has up. It's a combination of stuff that you probably might have, you know, heard of, but also is like some really interesting unknown material in there. So uh, if you're not paying attention to like you know what's coming out in the trailer department, you should check out his blog because he has a nice little selection of stuff that he drops on his blog every once in a blue moon. So some good stuff. And uh, if you want to check me out on the interwebs. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter where I am at hypersonic 55 or at filmfocus55 or my blog hypersonic55.wordpress.com. Uh, yeah, so thank you for listening if you're still here at this like you know long end of the podcast. And until the next time, this is me signing out. Peace out. Mm-hmm.